You are listening to the Joe Rogan Experience Review Podcast. We find little nuggets, treasures, valuable pieces of gold in the Joe Rogan Experience Podcast and pass them on to you, perhaps expand a little bit. We are not associated with Joe Rogan in any way. Think of us as the talking dead to Joe's walking dead. You're listening to the Joe Rogan Experience Review. What a bizarre thing we've created. Now with your host, Adam Thorne. This might either be the worst podcast or the best one of all time. One, go. Enjoy the show. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the JRE Review. Joined as always, well at least recently, by my buddy Todd. What's cracking? Feeling good today, buddy. Always a pleasure. Nice. Well, we got some white claws to kick off the summer heat here in Bozeman, Montana. Mm, Oh yeah. Check out our instagram at uh joe rogan experience review at instagram i don't know you'll be able to find it it's the same logo that we use um we're going to be putting up some fun little things hopefully it's fun where we have i don't know like question of the week or something like that this week this question is what is joe rogan's favorite pizza what are the toppings so you can go on there and answer that, and uh, we're going to figure out some prizes and things like that. We haven't quite dialed it in, but we will. We'll get there. But it's going to be some fun stuff. Sounds fun. Also in Rogan News, this week you couldn't follow him on Instagram. There was like a thing. He posted it, and it wasn't letting people follow him. I don't know what that's all about. Facebook and Instagram are going down, man. Well, well, I'm just, I'm just pretty hearing, popular. I mean, even my own father today mentioned that TikTok is way more popular, which is funny coming from a 73-year-old guy. TikTok is very popular. Yeah. They're I don't use to copy. it. And I understand there's like some pressure maybe to like take them out or ban it because it's a Chinese company. You know, and maybe it does have a bunch of software in that's watching everything we do, but doesn't facebook and instagram do that anyway i, I was just gonna say hold i almost on, hold feel on. like it's like zuckerberg pressuring you know tiktok out he is worried and actually from what i could tell at least with all the covid stuff when people are trying to give a different perspective on tiktok it doesn't get taken down it doesn't get shadow banned mm. so maybe that's that right? what they're scared of from what i could tell i i have one friend in particular who you know call him a conspiracy theorist or not, love the guy. He has a lot of alternative ideas, and he was banned from both Instagram and Facebook, started his TikTok, TikTok account, and nothing's getting banned. It'll, it'll still show the little COVID you know, thing on the bottom, right? Like, learn more about COVID, because he's talking about, you know, he's referencing things that have to do with it. But anyway, seems to me like they're not as... Uh, invasive on what people like they're not trying to stop you from talking about anything you want to talk about they're a little they're better with freedom of speech well this is why i like the competition in general it, because it makes everyone better you know it makes everyone in the industry have to work harder if if you know facebook corners the market with facebook and instagram and you know i guess there's still twitter but like you know, they've got no real competition for X, Y, and Z. They can start putting all the rules in that they want and no one can do anything. But if there's other avenues we can go to, 
Like, imagine if they made a parallel Instagram that was just as good and people started to flood over that. I mean, that's how things like MySpace disappeared is because Facebook had a better interface. And, I mean, people jumped ship them immediately. And I bet that's something that Facebook worries about a lot. I, I don't even really know who is still using Facebook. I mean, I guess a lot of people. Old, old people. I don't use it. I have. I never parents. really got into it. Everybody's parents are using it. No one else uses it anymore. Yeah, I don't. But I, Instagram's fun. I like the memes. I'm into it. Look, there's always room for competition. There's room for more. And I'm not a huge fan of Zuckerberg, so I would love to see somebody else come in and take the take the prize. We'll see what happens. Let's see. We'll see. But anyway, yeah, doing that to Rogan is like, why? What are you doing? What does he post that's so controversial? So did you, did we Elk never meat. get? Did we not get the answer on that? Of why they took him down? N- they never tell you. Dumb. Yeah, but I, I'm pretty sure you can follow him now. It's just like a thing that happened. That I'm glad there are people out there that keep an eye on it, right? Because uh, so much of this stuff goes under the radar. It's not like they report what they're up to. Sneaky, sneaky guys. All right, let's move on to the reviews. We have Zachary. Levy, the Shazam guy, and the marvelous Miss Maisel character. That's where I first saw him. I thought I thought he was really good in that. Wait, uh, which which guy was he? In in marvelous Mrs. Maisel. No shit. Yeah, it doesn't look like him at all, dude. Yeah, yeah, I like that character. Yeah, it looks exactly like. Well, he has like a nineteen fifties haircut. I just didn't put didn't put the two together. Fair enough, but that's him. Yep, he acts much different. In character. <laughs> well, he he was definitely revved up on this podcast. Buddy, he was talking eight miles a minute, bud. He had a lot of energy. He had a lot to say. Mm-hmm. I he mean, had a lot to say. There was some there were some good chats there. He definitely Good attitude, but it it was close to this guy's on Adderall or he's had a lot of coffee. Or maybe he's a younger guy. Maybe he's just a huge fan of Rogan, which he could have been. Yeah, and was just, just super, little, super pumped to be on the pod. A little nervous, you know, maybe. Yeah, bit of that. I'm not sure. Well, he's all about love. That was his message a lot of times. We need love, not fear. I feel like he just come back from like a meditation retreat. It seemed that way for sure. Mm-hmm. Like he was pumped to tell people about love. Have you ever had those friends that went traveling and then they get back from, you know, like a multiple month backpacking oh, yeah. trip. And cha- they're changed. Oh, they have to tell you all about how you have to do it. You got to do it. You got to go. Well, not an Amer- not enough Americans travel in general because everybody's scared. They like think you're going to get shot by the cartel if you go to Mexico. It's ridiculous. I don't know if it's just that. It's also like a long way to go to Europe. I mean, it takes a lot more than just you going, f- you know, my English buddies would do all the time. So- okay, well, Chevy Chase did it like five times and he that was great. He took his whole family, and he was fine. Well, he's rich. It was the 80s. He can do it. Oh, yeah. The- <laughs> Those were a disaster. What are you talking Come about? on, That's Russ. Great. Come on. So what else you got? What else you got? My biggest part at the beginning there was the they were talking about Americans eating sugar, right, and how ridiculous it is. The food pyramid was basically run by the sugar industry. Yeah. How, I mean, 
I've that known pyramid this. will be in a museum one day, but and people will go, "What? Why Seriously? Aren't, why aren't more people talking about this kind of stuff? Like, are we finally all? Is this going to be like a collective? They, they have other stuff for us to worry about, Todd. So they put it, it in the news. They're like, you need to be worried about Amber Hurst and Johnny Depp right now, and also eat some sugar. Enjoy yourself. You know, you t- you have your kid in daycare, and they're following this po- food pyramid that's essentially give me more sugar and less fat, and it's the total opposite of what we need in our body. Ideally, yeah. So they talked a little bit about that. What else? Oh, Joe's new club. Um, the reason that it's taking so long to open is he had a club first, but it had some drainage issue, and they needed the special pond, and it could have been polluted, and he was just like, get out of it. And the... Uh, the reason that stood out to me is because I've been following this and waiting for this club to open for so long. I was really curious why the first one didn't work out. Um, but yeah, I think he said maybe the new year he might be able to get it open. We're going, right? I'd love to, yeah. Let's do it. It needs to be done. little pilgrimage of comedy. Austin's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so stay away from that. Stay of... away from the corrupt creeps in charge of making all the decisions. They went from the food pyramid to talking about you know these med- medical devices. Did you watch that movie, The Edge? No, it was called The Cutting Edge. It was a documentary about you know people come in, they get sold a medical device by somebody selling medical devices, right? And then the and then the the hospital in turn is getting paid to use these devices. They're saying that they're FDA approved. And then all of a sudden you get some sort of weird mesh put in your body for, you know, a particular surgery. And then all of a sudden, you know, three, six, eight months later, a year later, you've got like gangrene or something crazy. Like it's like just your body thinks it's a toxin and just wants to get rid of it, gets all infected and fucked up. And this kind of stuff's happening all the time. I, but I think it works on some people, maybe more people than less. Right. So there's just a lot of people. But it, it's similar to in the way that, you know, money talks, right? And if you've got this device and you say it works and they, they kind of rush it through, kind of like they did with COVID. We're just, we need to get this out. We got to do it. It's a good thing. Well, have they done enough tests? We don't know. If you go in there to get the surgery, you want to trust your doctor. I don't, I don't know if there's there, a lot of people losing trust in in everything. Mm-hmm. Well, unless you can start doing surgery yourself, I think that you should probably still believe in <laughs> Western medicine. Look, what are you going to go not back saying, to crystals to get rid of your cancer, bro? Settle down. I'm not <laughs> talking about crystals. I'm talking about the. People being paid off to use certain things, just like lobbyists are being paid off. I mean, they got into it. They got into the nuclear stuff. They got into lobbyists getting paid off. Talking about Rogan keeps mentioning this, the inside job, which I have yet to see. I need to see that film. It's just going to be upsetting, but I want to watch it. Mm-hmm. Have you seen it? No. He's mentioned it like four times. Yeah. In the last couple months. Yeah, it's a must. It's a must see. Sounds like. Yeah, I mean, well, Zach talked a lot about being in therapy and depression and 
being real close to killing himself, at least like nine out of ten. And did he say nine out of ten? I think so. Just he said one... he was close a couple of times. Oof. In that sense, like I don't know what nine out of ten means to him. Maybe it was just a bad feeling. Nine out of ten to me is like you're on a chair, like you tried with a, yeah, and maybe next you to slipped weird and then got scared or something. Uh huh. The rope broke and you went all right, not today. But either way, it sounds bad, and I'm glad that that more people are speaking about this stuff. The last UFC, Paddy Pimbledon or whatever his name is, the British guy, he won oh, pretty spectacular fashion in the second round and. He, you know, he seems like a wild character, someone that, you know, I would, it's easy to just judge as saying, hey, this guy's not a, like, very, like, reflective human being. He's just wild, loves the fight, says crazy stuff, eats pizza. But one of his friends recently killed himself. And after the fight, he said he had, like, a little message for it where he... You know, he dedicated the fight to his friend and then also said, hey, if there's anyone out there, men especially that are struggling, speak to somebody, you know. And the fact that that is at the end of a UFC fight, I mean, that's not really like the the place you'd expect to get that message from. Yeah, not not your typical spot for sure. But it's just that this is such an important message that it's not getting out enough and people are using any platform that they can get to do it. it it's a good reminder. <clears throat> it's just a good reminder. Well, and it's just a it's just nice to see that the stigma is becoming it it's it's beginning to uh die off, I guess. Like people aren't the stigma's becoming erased, hopefully. It's getting better. Yeah. I mean, it's an important message that Zach was talking about when in, you know, Joe was like, "But you're handsome and you're tall and you're you know got money like why do you get depressed like i don't think joe's ever had depression and it's and it takes nothing away from him right it's like he is either oriented his life really well to not fall into the some of the traps that come with it and he's lucky enough to not have any sort of hormonal imbalance that causes this Mm -hmm. right so he's a lucky guy i can relate to that I, i didn't understand it either until tragic event you know my father doesn't get it. He's still trying to understand it. Yeah, and, the, and it, that's okay, right? But he's but, thinking about it because of the stigma being erased, right? But Zach is said on the pod that, like, oh, I don't feel like I'm allowed, like I can even be justified being depressed because, yeah, things in my life are good. Like he's genetically gifted and right. has talents and and it's almost like depression is so clever that it will justify anything that you are to f- feel even worse about having it, right? Exactly, yeah. No matter how good you are or how the world perceives you, you're going to feel that way no matter what. It, it's, it's almost intensified if you're the man, right? Like if you're the shit, yeah, this guy's it's, a professional it, It's like if your actor. best friend kills himself, yes, Maybe you don't feel as much pressure on yourself to turn to people and say, hey, I'm having a really hard time with this. This was super sad. But for people that just feel really terrible and have nothing to point to it, it's almost like we have to have something to blame that feeling on. Then they don't feel like they can talk to anybody. It's like they're, they're 
they can't justify how bad they feel. feel like they feel like a burden to others just with their thoughts. Yeah, and it doesn't seem to matter. Nope. You can just be like, I feel really terrible and I need to talk to somebody and I don't know why, maybe, or what it is. Or maybe the thing that I think it is doesn't sound like a big deal to anybody. Something small, I didn't get that part in that movie. And it's like, okay, bro, big deal. You're still a famous actor. But to them, it's really difficult. They need someone to talk to about it. Yeah, I mean, the smallest thing could trigger, you know, you could have, you could answer the phone and it could be some, you know, someone on the other line who you don't want to talk to or maybe maybe it's just a telemarketer and it just pisses you off and, it, and us, uh, all of a sudden you're depressed for the rest of the day. It doesn't... It, doesn't matter what it takes it does happen mm. you know it doesn't matter what causes it it's created and how do we take the steps to mitigate it yeah I think and we're talking we're about saying. it it's talking talking it out i think it's when people don't and they keep it inside which often people do almost everyone does i know i do that's when you that's where it gets dangerous that's where it gets dark because it festers inside, and it's you're only you with your internal dialogue trying to figure this problem out, and it, often you trap yourself. It's good to get it out. It's obviously helped Zachary. Like now yeah. he's done plenty of therapy, big advocate for it. You know, turned mm-hmm. a new leaf, mm-hmm. and that makes a big difference. Yeah, you can tell he gets excited to talk about it. It it like pumps him up just to hear. You know, to get to get that those voices out of his head, his own head, really. Mm-hmm. Um, I I have to mention this part because I'm a huge proponent to nuclear power. I think it's the future. I think it's the way to go. I think people need to quit freaking out about nuclear because coal powered plants are ridiculous and make absolutely no sense for the future of mankind. So. They talked about Pandora's Problem, which is a great documentary. I haven't seen it yet. I did watch Bill's Brain. I think I told you about that. Um, Mm -hmm. Not a huge fan of Bill, but whatever. You know, he created Microsoft. Apple's way better, but that's fine. You know, he didn't take acid like like Steve Jobs back in the day, so he's not as creative. I think he did. Well, we'll see about that. You should ask him. All right. Um, But anyways, the methods are way better now. The fail-safes are way better. You can recycle the waste. It just makes sense. That's all I got for Zachary today. Yeah, are you a nuclear power plant lobbyist? You, you've I been just on want, this for I some just time. Want, I because I want clean energy, and they, right. they brought it up, and I was excited to hear that they talked about it. I like it too. It's coming up a lot. I mean, I, I think that we're kind of faced with having to deal with this. Anyway, I like Zach. I hope he's on again, and um, maybe slightly, you know, a few less coffees, maybe next time. No, you know, great guy though. Great guy. It, All was, right, let's, it was a worthy listen for sure. Let's jump over to the legend that is Andrew Schultz. What a guy. Yeah. He's just funny, man. I, I sometimes I don't watch the podcast, right? But he's the guy you want to watch when you're listening. He's so funny. He's so relaxed. He's such a good podcaster, such a good conversationalist. Um and yeah, brilliant. And no matter what they get into, you're safe in the knowledge that even if it gets kind of 
serious and very opinionated. They're both going to end with jokes. Yeah, they keep it lively. He did say the Thor movie was good, though. It's not. It's horrible. Don't don't watch it. That's an opinion. <laughs> Just saying. We're not my a opinion. movie review podcast. He said it was good. I, I disagree. Disagree I with you, it. Mr. Schultz. I've been hearing that too, but maybe that just means you just got to get more stoned when you go watch it. I thought the humor was bad, but anyway, moving on. All right. Todd, I, I feel like you're having a bad day. Schul- no, I'm having it, a great day. Schul- pod. Schultz was a go-giver. He's a go-giver. You, mm. I can I can just feel his energy. Like He wants to help others. He He was talking about helping other comedians. He bought his own show back. Right, he he. Supposedly, he has a great network of friends. He's really supportive to other comedians. I know when Brendan Schaub did his second special because his first one was potentially a little rushed. Joe thought it was. He still did it because he's brave and gave it a shot, and it didn't get perceived well. Why was it? What do you mean by rush? Like they just didn't take enough time to produce it? It's not. I don't know the ins and outs of all of it, but you know he was newer to comedy, so it was a quick turnaround from starting to his own special. And specials are hard to make; mm-hmm. they're really hard. I mean, no matter how much you laugh at a special, you would laugh thirty percent more if you saw it live. Of course. So imagine how much, how good somebody's hour needs to be to be able to do. Um, you know, a good special. Um, and I'd seen Brendan plenty of times live before he did that special, and he was good. He's been getting good quickly, and I, I enjoy a lot of his comedy. He has good crowd work. I mean, it's not that he's not good. He just didn't come across all that great. So the second special, Schultz was like, where are you shooting it? Flew down to wherever um, Brendan was, watched him do it live, gave him some pointers, like just a good dude and he's a supportive guy you know he doesn't see it as like oh it's all about me getting famous and he wants to bring other good comics up take them on the road do podcasts with them he's on it people shows all the time just look at the way he described making the intro he had bruce buffer on which is a legend that's awesome and then he had that guy that inspired him to put his stuff on youtube that musician that was like putting something out every week. So then he had him do a song for his special. He didn't need to do that. He could have got a bunch of great artists to do songs. But there, there's just something in there that I really like. Well, like he's a loyal. He, he appreciates. Yeah, he appreciates the people that have helped him, and in turn, he helps him back. Right? He's a good friend. Mm. Solid dude. I think that's why Joe likes him a lot. Oh, got to mention the grizzly bear attack. Yep, that's up here in good old near Bozeman. Where was it? In Montana somewhere? I think, wasn't it in Yellowstone? Some lady got pulled out of her tent. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, be careful up here, guys. And actually, Rogan mentioned the the Instagram handle Tourons of Yellowstone, which I thought was great. I'm sure that got a bump in some followers that day. No doubt. I meant to follow it, but I forgot. Do you follow it? I already followed it, yeah. Is it good? You know, it, there's a lot of the same things going on, but it, yeah, I mean, it's still great. You know, watching people be dumb in uh, in the park, getting way too close to wild animals, thinking that they can pet them. So yeah, it's it's a, it's wor- it's a worthy uh, it's a worthy account. Yeah, anything with horns and um, claws, <laughs> you don't want to pet, or because they have those things for a reason. 
it's it just amazes me how even after living in Montana for 20 years, I remember when I first moved here, knowing that you don't get close to a wild fucking animal. How do people not understand that? I don't care where you're from. Well, if they're from a city, they might not know. This isn't the petting zoo, people. Mm. I mean, the Darwin Awards are, are real in Yellowstone. Yeah. Well, that's how you get on the list. What did you think about Schultz? They're talking about pronouns. We've all been, you know, this has been a hot topic lately, but... I love when he just said, I just want to make sure my kids don't get killed at school. Can we just start there? Yeah. That's you know? A, that's a bad thing. Seems important, though. Mm-hmm. To like, can we can we start there? Can we keep the kids safe before we start talking about how many pronouns we have? Not that there's anything wrong with that, but let's focus on the safety of our children. There's There's certainly a priority issue at the moment, I think. You know, people worried about a lot of stuff, and... And there's, yeah, there's bigger issues, right? I mean, also the archaeologists not being able to identify ancient burial sites and the gender of the skeletons they find because we don't know how they identified. That's that's just a that's a waste of air talking about that. That's I mean, ridiculous. not to be unsympathetic. How, but, but how is that? How is that real? Useless. Come on, let's let's focus on more important issues. It's got to be a thing that it like a few years from now, people are just like, what What were you doing? They have we. I really do think, and it's not to give all the issues that are going on today like some shit, but I think that they're going to look back at this time around COVID and go, I I think people started to lose it. They were losing it, bro. People are losing it. Are you going to lose they, it? Did they mention the uh, How to Change Your Mind doc? I think they started, Schultz mentioned it or Rogan mentioned it. <clears throat> uh, I don't. No? Well, anyways. I mean, I, they have been talking about it. They've been it. talking about it. That's definitely a worthy a worthy watch. Or the uh, talking about how politics should be like jury duty. I thought that was brilliant. Mm-hmm. You know, like we all have to do it. Oh, because they're talking about Israeli kids having to go off to war, or not war, but be in the mili- military at 18, right? You have to serve two yeah, years. Yeah, conscription. And how maybe it w- it would help with patriotism. i not saying it will, but they, you know, it was mentioned that maybe we'd be a little bit more patriotic as a country if we had to serve in the military for a couple of years now. I don't know if that's exactly true. I think there's some merit to that, realizing that kids need discipline, right? Just like a, if you play on a team or a sports team, it's good for you. You got to get up early. You got to do shit. You got to work out. You gotta, you're got a team player. You know, it, it adds this mental toughness as well as physical toughness that's good for kids it keeps them from being lazy i think there's a lot of potential elements to it that could be useful you know like uh not everybody in their lives will do hard things they just won't they won't do hard difficult things that they don't like and they will be forced to do it that would happen during that time and that could be beneficial Though there is some downsides too, like America's built on freedom. That's not like exactly a very freedom event because it's forcing people to do something. Yeah, and I I didn't agree with it, 
but it made me think about the discipline you get just being on a sports team or if you're forced to do something, whether you want to do it or not. I feel like a lot of the times you end up thinking, oh, well, that wasn't that bad. That was, and I'm not speaking of military. I'm just speaking of having to do shit when you're younger, like whether your parents make you get a job or you get, yeah, have to I get, I get what you're saying. I'm just telling you what I think the benefits of that could be. And there are some downsides to that whole process as well. But you're right, exactly that. The only thing is what you're saying directly, like go join a sports team, that's also a choice. So plenty of people don't do those things. They don't challenge themselves. And what I like about the idea of sports and martial arts does this, jiu-jitsu too, it forces you to compete against other people that are usually in your age and your sex. And it gives you an idea of what the skill level of others is. And if you think about someone that works in a cubicle and doesn't really do anything outside of work and then they just watch TV and barely go to the gym, they're not competing against other people like them. And so they have no idea. They have no comparison of like, oh, there's levels to this. And you get to choose, like, do I want to keep doing this? Do I want to get better at it? The better you get at sports or any kind of competition is – the competition itself gets better. So you have to pick up your game. I mean, that's important. You even take the best NFL athlete. If they weren't required to do that, if they didn't get paid for it and there weren't other teams, even those genetically super gifted people wouldn't be as good at that thing. It's it's the people they compete against that push them. So the, those things are, I think, super important for development or getting good at anything you want to do is you gotta you gotta see how good other people are at it yeah i think there's a lot of merit in all those things i also think that jfk was an amazing president and they they showed i know i wasn't alive yet but you hear all these good stories about the guy he seemed like a pretty honest guy maybe other than his infidelity but marilyn monroe shout out good for <clears throat> good for him. Good for Mr. President. The secret society message. I had never heard that before. It was right near the end of the podcast. And, you know, Joe obviously went into a bit of a conspiracy there with, you know, how or who shot him, whether it was a CIA thing or not. We don't know yet. Doesn't matter what side of the fence you're on with that. What we can agree on is that he didn't like what was happening in Congress and he was calling people out. He was a badass because he was like, uh-uh, all this secretive stuff. No, we need debate. We need, it's like the opposite of what's happening now, right? right? He wanted to see people debate. That's what makes a good government, right? That's how you change things for the better. You debate. You come up with ideas. It's none of this lobbyist bullshit that we see now. It's This was in the 60s. Like They actually still had real debates, I think, Back then, they would do Republican and Democratic dinners together. They were friends. Yeah, they may have talked more, and that probably does help. Well, they, they're maybe trying to get more of a solution-based uh, approach. Democracy, right? So it was, it was worthy of listening to it. It made me want to listen to more speeches from JFK. Yeah, I mean, Joe has been a big, like fan i guess of the conspiracy of um jfk for some time i mean he's read a ton of books on it it's such a wild event and that 
they want to just pin it on one guy. Yeah, I don't believe it. I don't know. It would be cool though if they released some some documents finally slipped and it just had like the whole plan in there. I wonder what that would do. I mean, would we really lose faith in the government today, knowing that this happened like over fifty years ago? We might just be like, "Oh, that was just the government then." I think people are too consumed for it to maybe matter at We'd this point. We'd be too busy, too busy, too busy, too busy being consumed by TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that uh, Nancy Pelosi video was great, where they asked oh, her yeah. about the trading. Oh, dude! And she's like, "No, no, no, no!" and walked off. Well, she's a professional actress. If that wasn't, I mean, that's a red flag. I mean, we all know, they're all doing it. They know what's going to happen and what's not. And then they tell their husbands or their significant others, their spouses, hey, guess what? In next week, this is going to go public. We should probably buy some stock. Who's who's not going to do that? It's all controlled by money, man, greed. Would you do it if you're a politician? I would never be a politician, so that's a silly question. All right. <laughs> Unless I had to be on jury duty like like that, that's like the only time. talking about. Yeah. It's a good idea, man. It's like everyone's forced to be a politician at some point in their life. It just keeps it more normalized. Oh, people would do such terrible jobs. It would be disaster. <laughs> We'd start to learn how many alcoholics we really have in the country. People just showing up hammered. The the thing that Joe said about sending he sent like something like 30 nurses to people or 30 people have got nurses from him while they went through COVID because he wanted to help them with that. Mm-hmm. Pretty, pretty powerful thing. He's you know, helping, especially helping well, because he's just seen as like a bit of a, you know, since the controversy, it's easy to dismiss Rogan. If you're not a big avid listener to be like, oh, well, he doesn't believe in this, this, and this, and these things. And, well, no, actually, what did you do for your friends? How did you make them healthier? You know, what What did you, like, he's encouraged people to lose weight and be thin through this, maybe even drink less. And he's sending IV nurses to people's houses that he cares about. Andrew's wife it. was one of them. Yeah, I think that's great. Good job, yeah. Joe. That's a pretty dope move. Okay, let's jump over to Mikey Musamaki. I think that's how you say his last name. Good old Mikey. Um, well, jiu-jitsu legend, for sure. Absolute legend. Um, for some reason, at the beginning of the um, pod, I somehow clicked on my phone and deleted all of my notes um, for Mikey. But I... I'm already a big fan of his and uh, pretty much remember most of what I wrote down. Well, I've got, I got you, buddy. Uh, my favorite thing, one of my favorite things is finding out that he eats pizza and pasta every day. Every day. That's all he mm. eats. Once a day at night is, what did he say, a pound of pasta that he gets from Italy because it's not full of glucosamine and all the other crap we put in our foods in no, America. gluten. And gluten, but oh, glucosamine is in there? Okay. He didn't mention that, but it's in there. I thought that was good for you. I used to have a supplement that or, was glucosamine. Sorry, glucosafate, excuse me. It's oh. the Roundup. It's what they spray on wheat to get rid of uh, It's insecticide or oh, pesticide. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's not full of Roundup. Okay. It's probably the reason why we have so much high cancer rates in this country. I don't even think it's the gluten, but anyway, 
I, I enjoyed hearing him uh, just say, hey, man, it's what makes me feel good. I've gone through all these different, you know, diets. I've done the, he's gone through the whole gamut of diets. I mean, the guys had to make weight thousands of times to, to get on the mat. Yeah. And this is what works for him. And he's, he's just a happy kid, man. What's he, 25? He's mm-hmm. just, a, just a smart guy. What it, he said he learned Portuguese using Google Translate. That's pretty amazing. <laughs> he's just like asking and people questions. And it didn't questions. take him long either. Dude. I think back to the food thing, though, what makes this work well is he eats once a day. Right. That's so that type fasting. of fasting, you can probably eat. I mean, you could probably eat a lot of things. Well, so, maybe maybe not potato chips, but yeah. Yeah, that probably wouldn't get you working at full capacity. But, you know, just the fact that he's burning so many calories every day with his training, he and he's young still, so he's just a well-oiled food processing machine. <laughs> You know, combined with the fact that he's giving his digestive system a 20-hour break or something close every day. Yeah. I mean, the, those that type of way of eating it works well. Well, and he mentioned the law of attraction. You know, Joe asked him about what kind of books he's read and stuff. He seems to be on that mindset of like, hey, if I'm happy and I'm feeling good, he talked about, you know, stress keeps you from losing weight. Mm-hmm. He goes, man, I'm I'm happy eating pizza. I grew up eating pizza. I and pasta was my favorite food. As long as I do the intermittent fasting in between, it's awesome. Yeah, that's the sacrifice bit, right? And he's, he's not, not stressed out. He's not out. giving into pizza and chips or pasta five times a day and not doing anything. He's drilling for twelve plus hours some days. Mm-hmm. Then he eats exactly what he likes and is. I mean, <clears throat> you, you, how can you argue? against that regimen when he's a five-time world champion at 25 in an incredibly hard discipline. Yeah, and the active recovery, I I got a lot out of that one where he's talking about how he was overtraining and, you know, they mentioned the Russian athletes. You know, the Russian athletes are very strict regimen and, you know, they would check people's um, heart rate in the morning when they wake up and if it was too high they would know if they were overtraining or not, right? Mm-hmm. But he he found out that he was overtraining, and in order to, I guess, get his nervous system back in check and feel good again and not feel burned out, he would run instead of just resting, which he said he, you could kind of tell made him either more nervous or just like he wasn't recovering as fast as he should have been in, in his own mind. I think he said that he was like still achy like it almost made him more tired to not run which was interesting right so i don't know if that necessarily could work for everybody though remember he's like a top flight athlete true so maybe he can somehow do this but i like the idea of it it would be interesting to try it for people to do you know when you do train quite a bit and you get that one week where you just feel completely worn out it might be worth throwing that out though yeah and and when you're an athlete at that caliber 130 beats per minute you're really just doing a light jog you know but keeping that heart rate up is what he was saying was helping him in his recovery process right Mm -hmm. just like it's like working through anything sure and like you said it could it could just be him because he's a freaking maniac and just has so much energy you know he just can't can't stop he has to keep running he's got too much energy yeah (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, but you know, he it sa- it does sound like that he pays a ton of attention to what works. Like he's kind of analyzing everything, even down to that like acai berry dessert that he has. Have you had those? They're great. Yeah, the acai bowls. Pretty sweet. I don't I don't do a lot of that. They're a little sweet for sure. Yeah, or the <clears throat> the deprivation tank. I didn't realize that Epsom salt actually helps in your recovery. They were talking about that, right? Yeah, I mean, um, it absorbs into your body, and it's magnesium, a lot of magnesium. And that's good for your muscles. Um, so, And the heat obviously helps. I mean, people that get, like, real sore sometimes, they like to take those Epsom salt baths. But mm-hmm. it's not that, you know, often you're not using that much Epsom salt. You follow the directions. It says, like, two cups. And it's a hot bath, so it's probably mostly the hot bath that helps. Right. Though in those um, deprivation chambers, I mean, they have as much as 1,100 pounds of that salt in there. So you're getting, I mean, because you float higher up. Like, there's so much salt. It's almost saturated with it. Yeah. No, I've tried it. It's great. I felt like I was floating for a few hours after getting out of that thing. I mean, you completely lose track of time. You've done it. Oh, yeah. You I just have I've no a bunch. I like him. No clue what's happening when you're in those tanks. You can't like time goes away. You can't see anything. It's it's a really nice time if you can get yourself to relax. I wouldn't recommend it for anyone who's claustrophobic, but you know. Oh no, I wouldn't say that. I think, think people worry about that. It's I don't think it induces that. You kind of it's just like after a bit of time, it's just like being in bed at nighttime. It's just dark. That's all it is. And then you're comfortable. What I would say is I don't recommend it for people that maybe take a lot of stimulants. Or definitely don't do it if you drink coffee before you go in there because you're just going to be fidgety and kind of too yeah. wide. You won't be able to relax. Yeah, take an edible. That's a good way of doing it. Um, yeah, 160 degrees four times a week. That, that made me think I need to get into the sauna. A lot more. Mm-hmm. But Rogan Rogan does 160, and Mikey was saying he's more of the 140, 140 yeah, degrees. Like that. Yeah, well, because he does the infrareds. Are they, were they both doing infrared? No, Rogan just does the regular one. Okay, but just the the increase in red red blood cell count was pretty significant. Getting rid of stress, you know, getting that blood flow going. It's, it's similar to the Float tanks, or no, excuse me, the um, ice, uh, ice cold bath plunge. or cold plunge. Yeah, mm-hmm. thank you. Yep. It's just getting on those regimens, man. Even if you're not a, a professional athlete, I think there's just so much, and they talk about it over and over, about getting into these regimens of the cold bath and the heat, and it's just, it's just so good for your body. I don't know what it is about humans that need that shit, but it just feels so good. It's like dunking in the river yesterday. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like almost talked to to death on Rogan's podcast. It comes it up every works. episode. Because it works. It does. It definitely does. Did you watch him? I, I had to watch one of his fights because I hadn't seen Mikey fight before. I watched him beat the 45-year-old legend. What was that, last year? The, I, the Japanese guy, what was I his name? I think so. Yeah. Kazumar, what, I'm going to screw up his name, sorry. Um, guy's a ledge. Oh yeah, in jujitsu, can't believe I forgot it now. But watching him, Uminari. Yeah, 
watching Mikey take him down. I mean, Mikey was what, 23 and this guy's 45 and just built like a freaking rock tank. Tank. And a killer. Like he's he's wiped the floor with everybody for years. Yeah, he, he has like a a big kind of move positioning thing named after him, the Umanaru role. Well, doesn't Mikey have something named after him now too? I think it's coming. Yeah, he has a choke that it's coming. is pretty dope. Yeah, it's coming. But seeing the strength in those guys, I mean, they were rolling around on the floor for a while. I mean, if you watch it, it's not like Mikey's using a lot of strength. He it's, really doesn't. He just positions. He got in there. Well, yeah, he, he knows he, that. I mean, this is he's a great representative for jujitsu. Um, I think because let's be fair, he's like sweet kind of nerdy he's got his glasses he seems like the least scary person you could ever speak to i mean he's definitely not a bully and he would strangle you to death in a second if he had to two seconds no chance no i don't care if you're debo from friday you're going down (laughs) going down (laughs) so what's good about it is when people like oh you know they go to a mma gym or jujitsu gym there's always guys there that are big and look mean you know, it doesn't mean they are. A lot of most people at jujitsu gyms are really nice. They're all yeah. pretty sweet. It's just the culture, but it's still kind of scary to get there. Kids are used to dealing with jocks in high school and like being bullied and seeing these meatheads. So when you see someone like him and you know he's the best and he's just a sweetheart that's tiny, yeah, you're just like, oh, maybe I could learn this too. Yeah. Oh, for or, all those small guys out there, he's somebody to look up to. Like, oh yeah, I could be a badass. Dude, I'm six foot three. I look up to that guy. Look, my Mikey bro- is a legend. My brother-in-law would kick my ass so fast because he was a wrestler. You know, down two seconds. Like, don't even try to fight him because he'll just take you down and pin you in a matter of seconds. He's not a jujitsu guy, but he's a he, you know he's oh, a wrestler. Jake. Similar. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah. Real quick, I'm, I'm for this. I'm gonna wrestle Jake as soon as I see him next. <laughs> we'll see how good he is. <laughs> and I love him. He's a great guy. Shout out. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just inspiring and it's important to see it. And the way that he talks about it, too, is like it's almost like just a mathematical problem. That's what he's solving. He's not being aggressive. He he doesn't hate the people that he competes against and wants to beat up. And he just wants to, you know, it, I, that's also why he doesn't train. How did he describe it? He trains with people that are that just come into the gym. Hobbyists. Hobbyists. There you They're go. Just, just regular, you know, instead of going just pure competitors that, like, work often really hard and sometimes it's maybe overly aggressive or, like, going to win constantly. He Did works he with explain? these hobbyists and they're his friends and they roll chilled and it makes him good. Right. I got to turn but my phone off. So. He didn't really explain why he does that, though, did he? Was it, was it because it's less stressful? Yeah, he said it's it's more relaxed. People are having more fun. They're not as serious. So it's a good time. He has to be there for many, many hours. He wants to have a good time. He's obviously a kid that that prides himself in feeling good. He, he totally. orients his life to feel good about what he's doing. Well, and he mentioned, I'm going to keep doing this because I love it, but also because I want to teach people this sport because it gives me so much joy and it and it's just... You could tell he just loves it mm-hmm. so much. I mean, the kid. I mean, he's just so passionate about jujitsu. It's cool to see at such a young age. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, he's one of the best. So, of course, 
Of course, but the way he presents himself, like even when he got done at the at the end, it's been an honor. Great. Joe, love that. Yeah, he's a sweet kid. I hope he get, comes back on. He, he's going to be such a big name in jiu-jitsu for so long that I'm sure he will. You know, he's like the tiny Gordon Ryan, who, who is, you know, the greatest. So, yeah, it's brilliant who stuff. Would you, who would you say is your favorite this week? We don't do this often, but did you, did you have a favorite? Uh, it's got to be Andrew. I mean, I really liked all, all three of them, honestly. But, uh, yeah, Andrew Schultz. I wanted to hear so much about um, just what was happening in his world. and uh, I, I would have to agree. Mm-hmm. It was the most entertaining, for sure. But I, I got a lot out of, out of all three of those. There was, it was I a good week. I sometimes wonder with the MMA ones, like if people aren't into MMA or jiu-jitsu, what they're getting out of it. But what's nice about it is they're good conversations. Anyway, sometimes they go in pretty deep into the, like the woods of like MMA or jiu-jitsu or whatever, but generally it just comes back to like what are you into? What are your philosophies and and they they you know, often Joe has an expert in their field on the pod. Even if it's a silly one like comedy, they're still great comedians. Mm-hmm. So, you're getting to hear an expert talk about something they're passionate about. It's never a loss for that reason. No, I mean, I mean, I'm not a huge MMA fan. I think it's cool, but it's not something I follow. And I got a lot out of Mikey's conversation. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I like to hear about how people train, how people stay on top of their game. That kind of stuff interests me because I am an athlete. You know, in a, in a you know, I ride my snowboard down mountains. It's a lot different than being on a mat, but I appreciate hearing what, you know, how to recover quickly. I've had a lot of back problems. You know, it's always good to just hear what these athletes are doing when they get hurt and, you know, just their regimen, man. And, and I, I appreciate the diets too. And that it was just fun to hear that this fucking guy is just eating pasta and pizza every day. Pasta and pizza (laughs) once a day. Maybe that's the next one we try. We've been doing the carnival for a while. Should we do pasta pizza once a day? We better get a, we better get a a hookup from Italy for some good pasta. Yeah, that'd be nice. I'm down. Let's do it. Let's give it a shot. All right, guys. Well, thank you, as always, uh, for tuning in. Obviously, check out the Instagram, like I said, and we're going to start posting more of the weekly questions. Maybe there'll be a quiz up there and some swag that you guys can win. That'd be fun. And there we go. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, y'all. Peace out.